Baptism Sunday. Anybody excited about Baptism Sunday today? I'm so, so excited about baptisms. People going public with their faith. Thank you so much, Ellen. Our wonderful hospitality. Y'all are killing it. So I am, we've been in this series called Unmasked, right? We've been unmasking uh, insecurity, unmasking indecision, unmasking insignificance. Um, And so um, we've been you know, this season, um, even though Halloween has passed now, um, people wear a lot of masks, and we pretend to be uh, something that, we not, that we're not. And we love to do that because um, we get to hide, and people don't get to see the real us, and we get to put off our shame. Um, so we want to help you to get unmasked today and take the mask off that you've been wearing um, so that you can walk in the fullness of life that Jesus promises to every single believer that is in him. He promises us new life and life abundantly. Amen. Amen. So uh, we're going to jump in today. So I'm going to talk to you today about unmasking rejection. Unmasking rejection. This is another heavy one, but I I want us to deal with this faithfully because many of us struggle with feelings of rejection. Many of us struggle with feelings of being unloved. Many of us struggle with feelings of being unwanted. And many of us struggle with feelings of being undesired. And ultimately, because we believe That our value is connected to other people's acceptance of us. 
And we believe that because we're constantly doing things and living our lives in a way that people would accept us. And if we're real in this house today, we would say that we want to be accepted by people. But I want to submit this to you today is that the only acceptance that matters is the acceptance that you receive from God the Father through his son, Jesus Christ, who purchased our salvation on the cross. So I want to submit this idea to you today is that if you're feeling rejected today, know that God can recycle your rejection. God can recycle your rejection. It may look like you're being thrown away. But God has a different purpose for you. In fact, uh, you're being set apart when you're being rejected. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me let me let me slow down. Listen, turn to Genesis chapter four. Uh, Genesis chapter four. We're going to see today what it looks like to face rejection. I'm going to read. I'm going to I'm going to focus in on verse six and seven, but I'm going to start reading in verse number one. It says that in, in, in Genesis chapter 4, hear these words uh, of our father. It says that the man was intimate with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I, I have had a male child with the Lord's help. She also gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel became a shepherd of the flocks, but Cain worked with the ground. In the course of time, Cain presented some of the Lord's produce, some of the land's produce, as an offering to the Lord. But Abel also presented an offering, some of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. The Lord had regarded had regard for Abel and his offering, but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering. In other words, his offering was rejected. Cain was furious. And he looked despondent. Verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you furious? And why do you look despondent? If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. And its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Father, thank you for your word. Father, I pray this morning that your word would transform our hearts, God. Lord, and that when we hear these words of life, Lord, that we might respond by saying, Lord, help us to obey. And Father, I pray that these words would get deep down into the marrow of our soul, Father. And I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer, in whom I place all of my trust. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. See, rejection is an all-too-familiar experience. To reject someone means to refuse to grant the, the, the person the recognition or acceptance that is due to them. It means to discard the individual as being worthless. Have you ever felt rejected? Did you feel rejected because your father was distant and cold, too busy to give you time? Did you feel rejected because your mother favored your older because she was prettier and smarter than you? Did you feel rejected because you weren't gifted in athletics and when the class was divided up into teams, you were the last man standing? Did you feel rejected because your school clothes were not popping? 
Were you overweight? Plain looking? Did you have lots of acne? Did you have to wear those real big, thick bottle class, bottle cap glasses? I'm sorry if you got on bottle cap glasses. I don't mean no disrespect. Were you rejected during your high school years because you weren't popular? Did you miss prom because no one invited you? Were you passed over for a promotion at work because somebody was younger? Did you lose your job because you were getting older? Did you date a man for several years hoping that he would marry you and it turned out that he just walked away from you? Do you feel rejected by your children after giving your life to raise them and now they act like they don't want anything to do with you? Do you feel rejected because your husband who you gave your life to turned his back on you in his midlife for another woman? Or worse, another man? See, rejection is a painful experience no matter what the cause. And all too often, we don't assign enough blame to our rejector. We simply agree with their evaluation and carry on about our lives feeling inferior and like we aren't worthy enough. Oftentimes, because of the rejection that we face, we walk around like we're damaged goods. But I want to submit this to you today. You're not damaged goods if you are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, you are one of the most precious possessions that he has. He loves us. He cares for us so much so that he would send his son to die in our place. So my first idea is this, is that rejection requires reflection. See, here in the passage, God asks Cain as he's going throughout the garden, he asks him, why are you furious? Why do you look despondent? See, the word furious here uh, in the Hebrew, it can mean to be angry or to be displeased, but it also can mean to be hot. Anybody ever been hot, mad? Like, you ever been that mad that you feel steam coming off the head? You ever been that upset and angry that your whole body starts to feel warm? But see, the problem is, is that when we get rejected, we get hot in a different way. We get H-O-T. Here's what that means. That means that we hold on tightly. See, when we get rejected, we start holding on tightly to some things that God is telling us that we need to let go. See, when we get rejected, we start holding on to stuff that God wants us to let loose of so that he can move us in the direction that he wants to move us. We start saying stuff, well, if I had just got that job that I wanted, everything would be all right. When God is saying, no, I had a better job for you and a better position for you and something else that I wanted you to do with your life. We say, if I would have married that other guy, uh uh-oh. Stuff would have been different. And we start holding on tightly to images of another man when God has called us to love the husband that we're with. 
See, the problem with getting rejected is that we hold on tightly to those things that reject us. And when the other thing is that when we when when we face rejection, we get angry. And when we get angry, we place our value in other people's acceptance of us. Don't they know who I am? Don't they know what I've accomplished? I got it going on, boo boo. Like, what's wrong with them? Don't they know what I've got to offer? The problem is, is that rejection really reveals our displeasure with ourselves. See, what happens is we go from yelling, don't they know who I am, to who am I? We go from, don't they know what I've accomplished in my life, to what have I accomplished? We go from, don't they know what I've got to offer them? I'm all that. To, do I really have anything to offer anybody? And that kind of thinking leads to despondency. That's why I ask, why are you, why do you look despondent? See, the despondent, this word means to, to fall away or fall off or to be divided. See, when we feel rejection, we can fall off. Here's what I mean. Is that when we get rejected, we stop doing the things that we would normally do. We stop doing them well because we've allowed someone else to hold our value in their hands. So you stop doing your job well because no one will value my work anyway. You stop loving your spouse well because they've rejected you the past five times that you tried to approach them. We stop choosing joy because our friends seem to reject our rejoicing as if we're crazy for rejoicing when we rejoice. And here's what happens. That can lead us to become divided. See, Cain divided himself from his brother. We'll see in the passage as it goes on that he physically divided himself from his brother by killing him because of the rejection that he experienced. Cain had rejected himself emotionally from his brother. When God asked him, where is your brother? He says, am I my brother's keeper? As if he didn't care about his brother anymore. And Cain was divided from God spiritually because of the rejection that he faced as he was led into sin. See, earlier translations, they say this. Those of you that grew up with the King James, it says, why hath your countenance fallen? And countenance, I thought when I was little, I thought that that meant that you could count a little bit, but I was wrong about that. Uh, <laughs> the word countenance is a word that means your face or your presence, how you present yourself. So he asked, why has your countenance fallen? When people are dealing with rejection, you can tell it all over their face. Isn't that true? When people are dealing with rejection, you can tell it all over their faces. And when they're dealing with rejection, something changes in the way that they present themselves. In other words, their 
presence changes. Are y'all tracking with me? See, but the word for countenance in the Hebrew is the word penem. And it can be translated as face or presence like I already told you. But here, this is good. Listen, but it can also be translated as because. See, 67 times in the Old Testament, the word penem is translated as because. And so in essence, God could have asked Cain, why has your because falling? Here's what I'm saying. I know y'all looking at me crazy right now, but here's what I'm saying. See, rejection can cause you to forget your why. See, each and every one of us has a because. We want a certain job because uh, if, if, if I get this job, I, I can have the window office and the nice chair. Uh, we say if I pers- if you pursue a certain we su- pursue certain types of relationships because if I get this job, this relationship, uh, he's tall, dark, and handsome, and educated, and successful, and his teeth are straight. He's got a six pack, and he's got everything going on. But some of us have forgotten our why because we were rejected by someone who God didn't have in store for us. We get rejected by that old joker and we start walking around with our head down. We forget about our purpose, who God has called us to be and designed us to be, and who God has called you to be and designed you to be. He's called you to be that apart from whoever that person might be. Some of us forget our why. Because we're chasing after educational pursuits and we get rejected. That doctoral program doesn't accept our application, so we Treat that as if God hasn't called us to pursue what he's called us to pursue. But I want to submit this to you is that jobs can change because of God's because. See, dreams go awry if you're not in God's why. Relationships can change because of God's because. See, you might be dating this joker for five years and and everything is going well and wonderful, but God might tell you to move on. That's not the person that he has for you. And guess what? Relationships can change because of God's because. So God could have asked Cain, why has your because fallen? Or in other words, why have you forgotten the purpose for which I have created you? See, don't forget about your God why. My next idea is this, is that righteousness is the requisite for acceptance. It says in verse 7, if you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do what is wrong, sin is crouching at your door. See, the word here for, for right righteous is to do it means to do well to be good or to be pleasing see rejection can cause us to fall off but god says if you do well you'll be accepted and if you want to get unmasked from rejection here's what i'm going to tell you to do pursue excellence See, uh, Matthew chapter 7, it says that they were, 737 says, they were extremely astonished and said, he has done everything well. Speaking of Jesus, 
He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. See, when we pursue excellence, we open up the doorway for our acceptance. When we pursue excellence, we open up the doorway of righteousness. And God says, if you are righteous, then you will be accepted. Rejection can cause us to have a poor attitude. But God says, if you are well-pleasing, you'll be accepted. So here's what I want to say. If you want to get unmasked from rejection, then choose joy. Second Corinthians 6 says that through Glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as imposters, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed. Here's, here's what I want us to focus on, verse 10. It says sorrowful and yet rejoicing. Poor yet making many rich and having nothing yet possessing everything. See, there is something about you choosing joy that will move you from a spirit of rejection to one of acceptance. See, you could be rejected left and right, back and forth, jobs turning you down left and right. You're getting turned down with your college applications, dudes not uh, taking your phone number and all that stuff like that. All those types of rejections can hit you back and forth. But if you choose joy, you will have acceptance. It doesn't matter what people might do. It doesn't matter what people might say. If you choose joy, you will be accepted. Here's what he says. If, if you do what is right, won't you be accepted? Y'all in here today? See, doing what is right leads, because acceptance, it means elevation, exaltation, or dignity. Doing what is right leads to elevation. See, figuratively, it's talking about the elevation of your, your, your mood or your character. It's talking about your cheerfulness. So God will elevate your emotional state after being rejected when you do what is right. See, people can reject you and turn you down, and they can cast you aside, and you can be rejected, but God will raise your mood. He will elevate your mood when you know you've done what is right. See, when your job rejects that proposal that you presented, but you know that you gave it everything that you've got, guess what? You can still have joy and know that you did what is right, and you can be accepted when you're rejected. See, doing what is right, it also leads to exaltation. It talks about the exaltation in rank or character. So here's what will happen. God will exalt you in your character even when you've been rejected if you do what is right. See, God will vindicate your character when you get rejected by people because you've done what is right. And if you're doing what is right, won't you be accepted? See, doing what is right, it also displays our, our, our dignity. 
See, dignity is the state of being worthy or, 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 or honor. And, and God's righteous standard, watch this, is the only standard for true acceptance. So if you're pursuing after God's standard and not trying to pursue after the standards of the world and do things according to how the culture says you should do things, and you don't just show up to work anytime you feel like it because all of your coworkers are showing up whenever they want and they're just doing whatever they want to do in their job. But if you do what is right on your job, if you do what is right, and the presence of God, he will elevate your character. If not, he says, that sin is crouching at your door. That word for crouching, it means to lie down or to recline. Don't allow rejection to cause you to recline. See, when we get rejected, we want to retreat. When we get rejected, we want to walk away. When we get rejected, we want to just say, ah, you know, I'm just going, you know, I'm just going to chill here today because, you know, they didn't really, they didn't really like me the last time I went there. So I'm just going to chill. But if God told you to go, you better get up and go. Don't recline when God has told you to move. My last idea is this. Is that you must rule over your rejection. You must rule over your rejection. Verse 7 says that sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. But you must rule over it. See, the word here for desire, it means a longing or a craving. See, the desire for acceptance is the, one of the most powerful desires that we have as human beings. See, we long to be accepted more than anything else. We want people to accept us and receive us more than we want sometimes to even have food. That's why when that joker breaks up with you, you sit in your bed and you cry for days and you don't even eat. Because your desire for acceptance is stronger than even your desire to want to eat and sustain yourself by eating food. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Y'all act like y'all ain't never had a bad breakup before. Like you ain't never been crying and weeping. She don't want me no more. Like Y'all act like that if y'all want. See, but the desire to be acceptance... It will stretch out. The work means also to stretch out after. And the desire for acceptance, it will stretch out after you like a pregnant woman trying to get a midnight snack at night. Like, it's just crazy. It will reach after you, give you dirty looks, like tell you you better get to the store right now. All that kind of craziness that happens when women are pregnant. Um, So, listen. (laughs) The desire... Uh, acceptance is the strongest longing that we have as human beings. We crave it. We, we crave it so much that we'll find ourselves doing things that we said we would never do just to obtain acceptance. See, we'll go sleeping around with that guy just to get the acceptance that we long for. And we'll act like God can't see inside the bedroom. See, you'll go and you'll start using alcohol excessively to drink away your sorrows because you've been rejected. 
and you start doing stuff that you said you would never do just because you wanted to be accepted. I remember the first time I smoked weed. Yeah, I smoked weed before. The first time I had smoked weed, my neighbor across the street was making fun of me. He was calling me a punk. He was like, ah, you're a little punk. Like, you won't, you won't come smoke none of this weed. Uh, we ain't going to hang with you no more and all this stuff like that. And he was older than me. So I wanted to hang with him because he was one of the cool dudes. And when he wouldn't hang with me because I would smoke weed with him, I said, all right, man, dag, I'll smoke. Just to be accepted. Smoke some weed <laughs> to be accepted. Listen, but here's what it says. is that we've got to rule over our rejection. He says that it's desire, it's for you. That desire for acceptance, it's, it's, it's stretching out after you, but you must rule over it. That word for rule means to exercise dominion over. It means to govern. It means to exercise sovereignty over. And we must exercise dominion over our desire for acceptance. We've got to put that thing in check. You know what? I want people to accept me. I want people to like me. But I'm just not going to do just so any old thing so that they might like me. And here's what we got to see. Is that the only thing that we're really truly sovereign over is how we respond to rejection. See, you can't control whether people are going to accept you or not. You can't control whether they're going to reject you and receive or receive you. You can't control any of that. But what you can control is how you respond to the rejection that you've been faced with. And here's what I want to give you some practical things really quickly as I land this plane. First thing you got to do is face the facts realistically. See, Cain wouldn't accept that his offering was unacceptable. See, and if we will just accept that everybody's not going to like us. Everybody's not for us. Everything is not for us. And if we just face the facts realistically, then we'll be able to move past rejection and take off the mask of rejection that we're wearing and try to hide and duck because of the shame of being rejected if we would just face the facts. Next is don't pretend. See, Cain pretended that he didn't feel the full weight of God's rejection. He was a regular dude, just like us. What's wrong? Man, I'm good. Man, you look a little upset. No, nah, I'm chilling. Oh. I mean, well, your countenance is falling. Your face don't seem like, nah, man, I said I'm good, man. Leave me alone. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> don't pretend. Confess your feelings. Confess what's going on. Like, yeah, man, when, when, when Shorty left me, man, that really hurt, but you know, like, I know that I'm loved by God, so if she loved me or not, it don't matter because I know that my Father in heaven loves me. Like, that's a different type of response to rejection. See, and here's the next one. Give up on unrealistic expectations. See, Cain wanted his sacrifice to be acceptable and his brothers not to be. 
But God had already established a standard by which those offerings were to be accepted, and Cain's didn't meet the bar. God didn't regard it. So he unrealistically wanted his, his uh, offering to be acceptable and his brother's not to be. And we have the same unrealistic expectations. We walk around thinking that, man, I should have got that job over them. I'm me. Well, they've got their master's degree, and you're still struggling along trying to get your associates. Like, But that's okay. Like, You should get the job over them. We got to give up on unrealistic expectations when it comes to rejection. Most of the rejection that we face is because we have unrealistic expectations. That joker was dating you for seven years, and he didn't marry you. But then you want to be upset because he didn't marry you. If he was going to marry you, he would have married you. Next, we got to shift our focus to God's acceptance of us and not on the acceptance of others. See, because Cain was so frustrated and so furious and so despondent, he missed God's loving grace and that God was visited him again even after his offering or his sacrifice wasn't accepted. And he missed the opportunity of knowing that God is a gracious God. He's a loving God. And even when you fail, even when you're rejected, he still shows up and says to you, I love you. I want to be with you. So we've got to shift our focus to God's acceptance and take it off of the acceptance of other people. Because God never turns his back on us, even when people turn their backs on us. Scripture says that mother and father might forsake you, but the Lord will not forsake you. Last, we got to. Praise the Lord and be thankful for the gifts that he's given to us. See, Cain missed the opportunity to turn his rejection into rejoicing. See, we cannot miss the opportunity to transition the rejection that we face into rejoicing. See, and oftentimes the rejection that you face is orchestrated by God, and he knows what's going on. And when that girl rejects you, God says, it's okay. She would have caused you a whole lot of strife and drama anyway. I've got something better for you anyway. It's okay. That job would have caused you to crumble underneath the pressure, and I've got something better for you that I want you to have. It's okay that that job rejected you. It's okay that you've been rejected at every turn because I have a plan for your life and I've got something better in store for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So we've got to turn rejection into rejoice knowing that God is sovereign in our lives and that he is aware of every single thing that is happening in our lives and he knows it is for our good. As I close... I want to point us to this. I started out by saying that God can recycle your rejection. You see, when you take out, when you recycle something, recycle means to, to, to set it apart so that it could be reused again. So what happens is, is when you set your recyclables out uh, on Monday morning here in Wilmington, um, 
I, I hope that's right because I don't really know because I don't take the recyclables out. My son does. Uh, but when you take it out and you set it to the side, here's what happens. A special truck pulls up and they take the recyclables and they dump them into a special truck and they take them over to a special location and they go and they begin to the process of breaking down that glass jar and breaking down that that plastic and breaking down that paper and breaking that stuff down so that it can begin to be formed into something new. But here's what happens is, is so oftentimes we take the recyclables out and we put it in the same spot where we put the trash. And it's hard for us to decipher most of the times what's recyclable and what's trash. But God, I'm, God wants you to know today that you've got to be able to decipher your, your trash. You've got to be able to decipher your trash from the recyclables. In other words, I want to tell you, you've got to be able to decipher your rejection from God's restoration in your life. See, there's some things that God might be using to restore you. Some broken, some broken relationships, some heartache, some difficulty, some challenges. And it might seem like it's trash, but God is saying, I'm going to recycle that thing and I'm going to use it to repair and it's going to have a new purpose in your life. God can recycle your rejection today. If you would just give it to him. Here's how I know that. Isaiah 53 tells us that our Savior experienced total rejection. It says he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, familiar with suffering. And we esteem him not. See, Jesus was perfect. And there was no sin in him at all. No personality flaw. No character flaw. Yet he was rejected. And he suffered undeserved rejection all of his life. You might be saying today, Pastor Derek, you just don't understand. I've been rejected my whole life. My mom didn't want me. My father didn't want me. I've been rejected my whole life. But you are in the company of Jesus who was rejected at every turn in his life. And in the hour of his greatest agony, in the hour of his greatest turmoil, he turns to the Father and says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Almighty God would turn his back on his perfect, infinitely perfect son and forsake him so that you and I would never have to face rejection again. See, Jesus accomplished on the cross for us a work that cannot be duplicated, a work that cannot be replicated, and it is because of the cross that we have full acceptance in Jesus. We don't have to wear a mask of rejection anymore, y'all. We can take that mask off. We can get unmasked from rejection because Jesus was rejected for us. In the New Testament, we learn of Jesus' rejection. 
in John chapter 1, it says that he came to that which was his own, and his own did not receive him. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's good news, y'all. That because Jesus was rejected by his own, he now offers the invitation to us if we would believe in him, if we would place our faith and trust in him to be called children of God. If you're in here today and you want to place your faith and trust in Jesus, we'd ask that you would lift up your hand, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in here today and you want to turn your life to Jesus, if you want to put aside the rejection that you feel in your heart, I see that hand. If you are in here today and you want to place your trust in the one who would be tossed aside for you when he had everything Everything belonged to him. Everything that was ever created was created by him. Yet he would choose to be tossed aside so that you could be in a relationship with him. If you want to place your faith in Jesus today, if you want to place your trust in him today, won't you turn? Turn to Jesus today. He offers you fullness of life in him and life abundantly. Father, we we pray, Lord, for that hand that was lifted today that says, I want to place my faith and trust in Jesus. God, we rejoice in that today and that sinners turn from their sin and they run to the Savior God, what a beautiful reality that is in Christ. That those who are far off from you turn to you. And when they turn, God, you receive them with open arms saying, My son, my daughter, welcome home. God, thank you for those that have received your grace today. Who have turned to you in their sin, God. God, I pray, God, that they would confess that they are sinners today and in need of salvation. And they would know that only you provide salvation for us. And that it's only in you that we have freedom from the bondage of sin and slavery, God. God, and that you are the only way for salvation. Pray that this morning, God, together as a body, we rejoice this morning, God, and that you are working and moving in our lives, God.